Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to another special Ukraine war report in episode 166. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. It's been almost two months of full war in Ukraine. The world has been united and captivated as the events unfold. But Ukraine isn't the only place where violence is happening. And Ukraine also isn't the only place where heroes are stepping up to help. Whether you're on the battlefields of Mariupol or in the subways of Brooklyn, now is a time to stay vigilant. I see the police car police. We tell him this is the guy. About, this is the guy. Uh, he did the problem in the Brooklyn. When we saw this guy, we were like set between 70 to 80 percent sure. Is it him? Is it not? So we pull up the picture, the Amber Alert uh, on our phones. We saw the picture. So we confirmed it between the three of us. Oh, that's the guy. That's 100 percent sure. That's him. So we were ready to call the uh, police. We saw the, uh, uh, the the two guys from the police department and pulling up on the street so we go uh, to them to tell them oh he's he's like one block away he's over there wearing a cap tearing, uh, carrying his bag and uh, going over there we went with them and they catch him right away that's zach tahan a bystander in new york city who spotted the alleged subway shooter frank james alerted police and stepped up to meet the moment along with two other random new yorkers he identified the shooter and helped the NYPD apprehend him just 24 hours after the shooting. James opened fire on a train and shot 10 people in the morning rush hour. A crew of vigilant civilians helped the New York Police Department catch this violent suspect. You never know how spreading the word about a suspect might help. It's a good reminder to stay vigilant, and it's a good reminder as the FBI continues to ask for help in finding suspects from January 6th that are still at large, including a suspected pipe bomber who planted devices outside the RNC and DNC over a year ago. But it didn't take a year to catch Frank James. NYPD arrested him on St. Mark's and First Avenue in Manhattan this afternoon, thanks to some vigilant citizens who stepped up to meet the moment. During the shooting, Other vigilant citizens also stepped up. Two doctors on a different subway car came over to help. Other people tried to treat the wounded. And many other ran for help. Lots of people stepped up in New York City to help. Lots of heroes. But a lot of people also stood around and shot videos of the wounded with their cell phones. People, please stop doing this when there's an attack or an incident. If you're there, help, get help, or get the hell out of the way but you never know when you might be called upon to be a helper, whether it's on the battlefields in Ukraine or the public transportation in your local town. These are dangerous times. These are stressful times. But they're also a time where all across the country and all around the world, people are stepping up to meet the moment. When we say look for the helpers, we mean anywhere, everywhere, at any time. And it could be you. And for the last two months here on Independent Americans, we've been talking to helpers of all backgrounds who've been at the point of attack in and around Ukraine. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you some exclusive content that's never been shared before with anybody except our Patreon members. 
Unless you're a part of that crew, you haven't heard this before. So we're going to take some highlights from the best content that didn't make it into recent episodes from some of our most compelling guests over the last two months. You'll hear from Matt Gallagher, author and veteran who went to Ukraine to train Ukrainian civilians to fight. You'll hear from Quan Nguyen, who left his home in Utah behind to do what he could as a humanitarian in Kyiv. Joe Serencioni, the nuke expert, who talked about the real threat of Putin's nukes. Chris Fussell, Navy SEAL, leadership expert, and battlefield analyst. And Seth Harp, investigative journalist and Iraq veteran himself, who spoke to us from inside Kyiv. Each in their own way, they've helped us understand and dissect the traumatic, terrible, and trying events of the unfolding war in Ukraine. They're the kind of unique perspectives you can count on from independent Americans, and the kind we'll bring you more of in the weeks to come. But they'll share with you some of their personal insights about leadership and about what they miss from back home. It's good perspective, it's a good change of pace, and it's a good way to stay connected to the events unfolding, but from a different vantage point with different voices. If you like this content, be sure to join us as a Patreon member. You can do it at independentamericans.us, where you can also find these full episodes and video from every one of these conversations. And we'll have a lot more of them in weeks to come, so stay tuned for more compelling, powerful, insightful, independent conversations from Ukraine and everything that it's been impacting and will impact in the days to come, overseas and here at home. It's spring break for my kids. We took a couple days away to be with the family and to travel to California. But I didn't want to stop bringing you that content, and I didn't want to stop keeping the connection to Ukraine. We'll be back in weeks to come with more content, more independent conversations, more unique insight. I hope these snippets gave you a bit of inspiration and remind you that even when the times are toughest, you can always look for the helpers. Welcome to another special Ukraine war report. Welcome to Independent Americans, episode 166. Okay, Patreon members, we are back with the great Matt Gallagher. Um, I'm really grateful that you stuck around for a little more. Patreon members, you've never been more important than now. I was just telling Matt that this is a time where, you know, I want to be able with the the limited media resources that we have to tell stories uh, with people I know and from our community and in a way that I don't think the other media sources can. So thank you for that support. Matt, I want to ask, I usually ask a bunch of questions that I still want to ask you because you need a laugh and it's fun. But also, um, what did you, what do you miss most about America right now? Having just come out of a combat zone, you're in a fucking hostel in Poland or wherever you are. What do you miss most about America right now? Barbecue. Oklahoma has great barbecue. And uh, uh, I ate some great food, ate a lot of uh, dumplings and, uh, and, and, uh, and such, but no barbecue uh, in, in Ukraine, at least that I, that I saw. What's the first thing you're going to eat and drink when you get home? Barbecue and uh, probably a shiner. I think I, I think I've, I think I've, I think I have a few shiners in the fridge still. So, uh, I, I asked, I was going to ask you this and, and maybe we can even release it if you're comfortable with it. Um, I thought to ask you this in the main section, but I didn't, um, I asked Bianca Goladriga this question and I want to ask you, um, you have young kids. Um, how are you going to explain this to them? This is not a light fluffy question, but how are you going to explain this situation to your young kids? I think I will probably talk about um, talk about some of the kids I saw. Uh, particularly, I, I saw a boy about my son's age at the 
at the border crossing, kind of waiting in line and was touching about, he was, he was so good. He was being so good for his mom. And, uh, you know, all I could do really was I get, got out and gave him, gave him a little bit of money, but, um, you know, just talk and say people needed help and people are trying to help in different ways. And, uh, you know, when they get older, get, get into the nuances. But I think right now, just, you know, my oldest is four. He can conceptualize the idea of, of help and support when necessary. Hmm. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, all right. I can't, you, you're Matt Gallagher. I can't not ask you this question. I ask everybody on independent Americans, what's your drink of choice? You sit down in the bar, you got one drink. What are you ordering? Guinness. <laughs> all right. Walking stereotype. I know, but no, I, I didn't know where you were going to go. I thought you were going to tell me Jameson's actually or something, right? That would have been the stereotype too, but, That's true. uh, but it's, 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 uh, I have this idea of you with a pint of Guinness and a, a say, did you pick up smoking when you're over there? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, everybody else around me was smoking. I somehow managed uh, to, uh, I just, even, even in Iraq, I just never took to, uh, uh, energy drinks can keep me awake. Uh, mm. and so I, so I don't need the nicotine. I won't lie. I've been smoking. And then last week I started chewing again. Uh, so for whatever that's worth, I'm like, I fucking walked in and bought a pouch of red man. Here we go again. Yeah. Uh, yep. But, um, any book recommendations that you want to give folks something you've been reading or been inspired by, or just uh, the floor is yours. What should people read? Or that you yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I'd like to give a shout out, uh, uh, I was asked over, over in, uh, when we were in Lviv, you know, what's, what's one, you know, post nine 11 book that, um, is really good, but maybe, maybe got, did, you know, didn't get as much attention as it deserved. And, uh, I, I, I'd say he's a friend of mine, but he's also just an incredible writer. Um, the bodies in person by Nick McDonald. It's this just real searing account of, uh, civilian casualties in the, uh, during the, the war with ISIS up, uh, up in Northern Iraq and Syria. And it's this just real incredible mix of personal direct re- reportage on the ground, you know, get, meeting uh, everyday Iraqis and Syrians uh, who've lost loved ones to airstrikes or, 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 or the war in general with exploring kind of like heavy ethical questions. Um, and I think it's relevant to this, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, we made plenty of mistakes ourselves in, in, in our air targeting in those wars. Uh, but, you know, the Russians were on, on their side of Syria, it was just mass carpet bombing. Right, mm-hmm. Aleppo being probably the the primary example of that, mm-hmm. and that's that's what they're doing to to parts of eastern Ukraine right now. And uh, you know, I think it 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 gets at some of the ideas of what we were just talking about of you know, what does it mean to be an American in in this modern world? What it, what is America's role in this modern world? And and uh, is simply being better than Russia, for example, is that good enough? Um, mm-hmm. uh, with these kind of heavy heavy ethical questions of of how we conduct ourselves uh, uh, during war. Hmm. So the bodies in person, just to repeat the name of the title. You were going to mention it, uh, but you didn't get a chance to. Um, was there a nonprofit or a place that you're directing people to? Yes. Uh, it's an organization called Razom, uh, R-A-Z-O-M, uh, razomforukraine.org. It's a local or it's a Ukrainian nonprofit that uh, emerged kind of in the aftermath of, of Maidan in 2014. They're already set up. To, to help everyday regular Ukrainian citizens in need, um, a, a variety of different projects, uh, emergency responses, they have a children's fund, um, uh, Razan means together in Ukrainian, and uh, they're good people. They're, they're, they already have the organizational apparatus set up. Um, uh, uh, obviously, they're in overdrive right now, 
dealing with everything, but uh, uh, folks can directly donate to them on their website, uh, rezomforukraine.org, and also just kind of check out and see the, the different projects uh, this, this organization is, is already involved with. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it, it's a way to d- directly give back to, to people on the ground. Quan Nguyen. Well, I want to ask you a couple of quick fire questions. Um, what are you doing? You know, you, you're, you've been through a lot of shit. Is there anything you're doing to keep your sanity? Are you meditating? Are you listening to music? What do you do to keep yourself, you know, as healthy as you can when you're there? Music. Hmm. Absolutely. Just like uh, during the war. Right. And I think that's why it resonated me uh, with me so much. Uh, we're having the opportunity with Lincoln Park. And if you remember, when you gave me that opportunity, I, I was kind of freaking out a little bit because I, I felt the weight of the entire veterans community. And uh, yeah, so yeah, music, music. Hey, what, are you, what, are you listen, what are you listening to over there? Anything in particular? Uh, uh, well, yes, of course, Lincoln Park. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, Guns N' Roses, believe it or not, my buddy uh, kind of reminded me about that. Uh, Steve Miller Band. I mean, anything and everything. Um, yeah, it just depends on the mood, uh, really. I mean, it could be, uh, I don't know, uh, R&B, uh, Lady Gaga, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. I love it. There's a viral video going around that, that John Bon Jovi just posted of uh, oh, yeah. people listening to Bon Jovi filling sandbags in, in a Ukrainian city. And, oh, yeah, no I mean, way. It, yeah, it's pretty cool. And there's definitely, you know, in, in my experience, there's, you know, a real, a unique love for music in Ukraine. And there's like a yes. deep connection to rock and roll and heavy metal. And yep. like there is throughout mm-hmm. a lot of the former Soviet Union. Uh, I don't, you know, I ask everybody this too. What is your, what is your drink of choice? And maybe I, I've been spending this for, I spent it for Gallagher. When you get home, what's the mm. thing you want to drink or eat and, and eat when you get home? What's like the first mm. thing you're, you're missing from home right now? eat uh sushi well i'm a foodie though paul i, I, I love know. to eat anything but yeah at the top of uh, my mind uh sushi oh yeah thai food because I, I haven't been able to find thai food uh, over here uh yeah <laughs> definitely thai food <laughs> yes thai food there you go and drink of choice i see you're drinking uh iced tea there with some caffeine which you're, you're probably pumping. yeah is there anything you're uh, gonna have as a, as a drink when you get back um okay uh we have to change the name of this, obviously, but it used to be Mules. And so, you know, we have to change the, uh, the front end of that, uh, obviously. But uh, so I, I got turned to, to this, uh, it's called, and I, my wife is going to laugh at me, but uh, in Utah, I got turned on to this, uh, like, uh, syrup. It's called elderflower. It is like, oh, man, it just oh, yeah. makes that. That meal tastes so good. <laughs> okay, so we can't. So this, this is a great initiative. Quan Wen is going to be one of the many to start. They're not calling them white Russians anymore, and they're yes, not going to yes, call them yes. Moscow mules anymore. So maybe yep. we'll call them Milwaukee mules or something else. Sounds we'll good have to, to me. Sounds we'll have to good. find a city in Ukraine that starts with an M that we can name it after, right? And we'll take Ooh. that shit back too. Uh, Done. Done. Um, uh, what, what else? Um, you, I want to. I want you. There's a lot of folks who are going through hard times, Quan. You've been through a lot of hard times. Music is key to you. Uh, any mm-hmm. other like life hacks that that you have on how to get through hard times based off your incredible journey? Yeah, think about your loved ones. Um, yeah, because uh, it, it, I mean, before this, I I asked myself, what am I doing? Why am I working so hard? You know, if if you have a family, that's what it is. So that's what I 
I do. So I constantly think about them all the time. Um, and that's my motivation for my decision making to make sure that I don't do anything stupid. <laughs> right. Mm. Like, okay, should I do this? Well, I want to be able to get home. Uh, will this allow me to? Yes. No. Okay. Uh, but yeah, think about your family. Um, I did a, um, video with my parents who were there in their eighties the other day. And it just, Oh man, that was so good. It, it just felt right. And, you know, I was telling my parents what I was doing and my mom got it and my dad got it too. And I said, it's basically, I'm doing, you know, what some other people did for us. Well, when we came to the United States, provided us with food, blankets, whatever, uh, or even in the, the refugee camps when they were throwing food over, um, so they, they totally understand it, but yeah, family. Oh man, that was, uh, that was good. The other day was, uh, able to mm. zoom with my, uh, with my parents. Mm. If, if, if I can do anything for your family while you're gone, please let me know. Um, appreciate it. And, it's, I, uh, and, and I can't <laughs> wait to see you, man. I, I remember, yeah. you know, you sent me a text. I hadn't heard from you in a while. And you sent me a text. that was like, Hey, I'm going across the border. And then, you know, I was like, of course you are. You know, that's what I thought. It's like, of course you are. Of course you are. My friends, like, yeah, my friends you know, the same thing. It's, yeah, uh, of course you yeah. are. But you're, you're a fucking hero, man. And let's stay in close touch. Thank you Definitely. for all you're doing, my Will friend. Do. Thank you for sticking around for our Patreon members. Patreon wow. members, you know, support Quan's nonprofit, TF824. Uh, uh, Follow him on social media. This man is a force to be reckoned with. And, and when we say look for the helpers, he's he's what we mean. So thank you to our Patreon members, uh, new and old. And thank you especially to you, my friend Quan, for sticking around. Yeah, Thanks for the opportunity uh, in this platform, uh, Paul. This is, uh, I think this is the best interview I've done so far because, uh, you know, I'm not rushed. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. As always, man, you're uh, you're the man. Well, you know, we've done we've done a lot of conversations on golf carts and all kinds of other places. So this is just a, another to be continued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I got Patreon members. I got to give it to Paul because uh, when I came back, uh, you know, I was going through some stuff and I was trying to figure out where I wanted to put my energy. And I see this guy on TV who is just full of energy. And that was you. Uh, and that's where I decided, you know what? I'm going to go with this guy. And I am so glad I did because it's like my, like you said, my, my life story, uh, especially what I did with you guys. I mean, it's, it's like a fairy tale. Mm. So thank you wow. for that opportunity. Thank, thank you. I, I will. One of my lasting memories in life will be the nine 11 concert we did with, with oh. Lincoln Park in California. And for folks Ooh. that don't know, it was, it was a concert on nine 11, the anniversary of nine 11. Oh. And I didn't know this was coming, but we had a huge crew and, um, you know, it was like wow, 50,000 people at a concert. We get to the gate. And right before I got before I got to the gate, I think I was in the parking lot. I looked around and everybody was wearing IAVA T-shirts, all the security guys. And like, kind of like the one I'm yeah. wearing now. I wore this in your <laughs> yeah. honor. Right. And yeah. and then like I'm looking around and then this fucking golf cart comes down and you're on it. And you're like, let's go. And I was like, fuck, yeah, <laughs> let's go. And we get in the golf cart. And we're going through like the back of the concert and through all the crowds and like all along the way, all these guys have fucking IAVA t-shirts on and they're all giving yeah, us thumbs right. up. And they're like, hey, Quan, hey, Quan. And then we get to the stage and all the security guys have them on. Yeah. I think the band had them on. And I was just like, it was such a moment of solidarity and such a light yeah. in, in a really hard time. But I will never fucking forget that yeah. shit, man. That was well, here's that the thing about that, Paul. It wasn't, really my idea it was 
the band and the crew's ideas. I was like, because, you know, I, I, I was just so caught up in the work. I, I knew it was 9-11 and how profound it was. But and when I heard them do it, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure, guys. <laughs> Let's do it. And, they well, did it. Yeah. and the lasting impact, too, man, you, you saved you saved lives. We'll never know how many. Just like now, yep. you saved lives. Yep. I'm going to let you go. Go do the work. I'm going to get this Thank out you. to the world awesome. uh, and I'm going to stop it there. Thank you, my friend. Cool. Take care, Paul. Joe Serencioni. Joe, these are crazy times. I've asked you this before, but as they get crazier, what do you do? How do you disconnect from this? You watch the news. You live every day talking about nukes. How do you keep yourself sane, especially now? Uh, number one is exercise. I, I got, there's nothing better than that, man. You, you know, go off for an, an hour bike ride. I actually do yoga. I just did it this morning before this podcast. It sets you up very nicely, focuses you. I also cook. I'm making some baked ziti tonight. I know I got a great baked ziti recipe and I just got to tweak it a little bit. And I, you know, I did a podcast last week called The Secret Life of Cookies, where we talked about nuclear war while we made blueberry muffins. So at the end Amazing. of the podcast, I actually not only did I have a great conversation, but I had a dozen blueberry muffins. <laughs> Amazing. Great, that was great. So you got to You got to And you got to finally maintain, um, you know, sort of. Um, a sense of humor about all this as, as dark as this is and as, as serious as it is, there's, there's also, um, you know, some, some pot, you got to look on the, keep looking at the bright side, hoping for the positive outcome and then keep that idea in mind and strive for the positive outcome. Do you have a favorite, you're a guy who kind of talks about apocalypses, right? Do you have a favorite apocalypse movie or movies that you like, you know, you could go through everything from like war games to Mad Max. I mean, it doesn't have to be accurate, but do you have any kind of favorite, you know, uh, apocalypse movies or nuke movies or anything along those lines? Jeez, well, I mean, top, there's two actually, and they're old. So I loved Matthew Broderick and war games and that comes up a lot. But, you know, my favorite is still Dr. Strangelove. I mean, I, I can't tell you, I had a lot of younger staff working for me and we would have movie nights sometimes and we'd watch Dr. Strangelove and they, some of them had never seen it before. And it still resonates. Peter Sellers is brilliant. It really captures that 1963, 64 vibe. But the other one is them. It's an early sci-fi. It's the 50 sci-fi. And this is when a lot of the sci-fi movies were talking about nuclear risks allegorically. You know, mm. Godzilla was spawned by nuclear tests. And in them, it's giant ants climbing out of the nuclear test holes in Nevada. And, and they're trying to, and that's the, the metaphor for the nuclear age. And one of the reasons I like it is because Leonard Nimoy makes his film appearance in that movie. He plays a private delivering a, a teletype a message to the general. He has one walk online and that's it. But it's definitely Leonard Nimoy. Oh, I'm so glad I asked this question. Okay, last one, because you've got stuff to do. Uh, any Anything you're reading or listening to or watching that you're excited about that you want? It doesn't have to be related to work, but we've talked about everything from Yellowstone to The Expanse. I don't know if you've seen The Expanse. I urge you to check that out, a sci-fi series, but anything well, I'm, you're, you're I'm watching. Reading or book, reading? I'm reading a book called The Dawn of Everything, and it's a new history of humanity, and it's 
It's examining what our conceptions are of uh, the origins of human civilization. And it's these two iconoclastic, an archaeologist and an anthropologist going back and looking at, at early pre-agriculture and looking at the forms of civilization, of, of organizational structure that we now can see from the archaeological record it, that indicates that, you know, there was nothing intrinsic about agriculture that forced inequity, that forced monarchs, that for, you know, because there was lots of examples that we now know of, of very egalitarian societies that took a variety of forms. And it's a, it's a wonderful, deep, thick book. And it reminds you that all those things you learned in school that you thought you don't have to learn about anthropology because you took a course 20 years ago. Well, guess what? The science has advanced. We've made a lot of discoveries in the last 20, 30 years on all kinds of fronts, and we're learning new things, and it's reconfiguring what we thought we knew about the origins of our species. I love it. I love it. I have this vision of you watching Strange Love, cooking ziti, <laughs> and reading this. It's like, you know, you, you're like the best dinner guest in the world. I mean, <laughs> I think you should have a show where you cook and, and talk about the world. I don't know if that's in the works, but maybe you can talk to your agent. <laughs> Tell him Rykoff will line up thousands of people to watch this. But Joe cooks and talks about the world would be a fantastic show. Yeah, but careful when you fold the eggs into the batter. Do it slowly. Don't overbeat. <laughs> yeah, okay. Chris Fussell. Patreon members, you have been carrying us through these difficult times. Big shout out to all of you who joined us for Cocktail Hour on Friday. It was awesome to see you. Really fun to see everything from the Redwoods to Jericho's very weird party in Queens. Um, but thank you for sticking around. Special conversation just for you with Chris Fussell. Um, Chris, you're a man of many interests and many talents. I asked you the car question, that stuff last time you were on. But what are you, uh, what are you reading right now? Can you give us something you're reading and maybe a TV show or a film you've watched recently that you would recommend? Um, yeah, so I'm teaching uh, I teach at Yale. Uh, and along with the consulting practice and uh, I've been teaching a lot in special operations stuff over the last few years. And so I've been doing some, some reading there that I think folks might find, find interesting um, at the high level. Um, Stavridis uh, and Elliot Ackerman wrote a book uh, this year called 2034. I'm guessing you've, you've, you've looked at it. That's yeah. Stravidis, Stravidis was a guest on the show actually. And he, and he spoke to my class at Amherst. So he's been in this world. That's great. But yeah. you've read the book and you love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it makes, it, it's an important, it's important piece of literature, right? Because it, it's making this sort of eye-opening argument about what the future of war could look like. And, uh, I use it in my soft special operations classes because it doesn't really talk about soft and it's mm. staff making the point, like, I don't know where you're heading, but it doesn't, you're not super relevant for this sort of conflict <laughs> and take on. Um, and, and in fact, the only like soft character is this, uh, you know, angry Iranian guy who's just like completely disenfranchised because his, his world doesn't matter anymore. Um, so that's, that's where the read, uh, Christian bros. I don't know if you know Christian, but he wrote a book called the kill chain. He was, uh, John McCain's, um, on, on John McCain's staff for many ah. years. Um, really, really sharp guy. The kill chain is, is again, it's a more academic version of like 2034 saying we've got to get our house in order. Um, cause our biggest adversaries have filled, sort of figured out how we, how we operate at scale. And they're, they're, they're figuring out the seams, creating this asymmetric opportunity to, to defeat us at scale. And that's how kind of what played out in 2034. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's worth a, a look as well. 
And when you're not reading that uplifting stuff, what are you watching on T? Anything on Netflix or anywhere else that you've watched recently that you like? Um, yeah, it's funny. My uh, we don't have like cable or anything. I'm kind of a troglodyte. Uh, I love that. Okay. But uh, my 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 father-in-law was up here during March Madness, and, and uh, your your house is a sports black hole. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it was March Madness. That's the <laughs> But uh, I love Ozark. Yeah, uh, I, I get really sucked into that. I think uh, I think Jason Bateman is like a, a genius at his craft. He's just such a, such a a talented actor at this point. Uh, I really enjoy watching him. I love you. I got to ask you this because you're you know a Navy guy. Uh, have you seen the new trailer for Top Gun Maverick? And do you have any thoughts on on the sequel? I've I've, I've seen yeah I've seen the trailer. I think it's. Some things just shouldn't be done. That's kind of my impression. You know, like, why are you going to do this to us, right? So many of us, like, have such fond memories of that. And you're, I think you're going to put a stain on that. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. But how do you, you know, how do you compete with that first movie? It'll be, it'll be interesting to hear what your kids have to say, right? Because Miles Teller, I think, plays Goose's son. And uh, and they just released a new trailer. It's coming out in May. Finally, I think they've delayed it like thirty times. So I'm right. curious to see if if our generation loves or hates it, and what the new generation thinks about it. If it's going to be like a reintroduction for them, like in the, in the same way the new Star Wars movies were. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny because I, I don't know what timeline is in the film, but if it's like per real calendar uh, timeline, like that that guy would be like a retired four star by 10 years. (laughs) I think that Iceman is like the head of the Navy or something at that point. He's, he's like a four star at at that point. And And Maverick got got out or got kicked out or something. And they pull him out like, you know, off the Hills, like Rambo and ask him to come back in and train. And he ends up training Goose's son. So we'll see. Well, Um, the funny thing is too, like the way, uh, you know, when, when Top Gun was made, it was still like, what's the name that pilots have a term for that? Like the, the fly by wire, whatever it is. Like it was a real oh, yeah. device, right? You know, like you, you went this way and something like turned the wing and it would be like, you know, the first uh, tech coder leaving the Valley for 20 <laughs> years and coming back I'm here to save the day. And they'd be like, can you yeah. write in like quant engineering language? <laughs> like, well, we no. might have to do that. We might have to bring back um, um, the the guys from War Games because we're talking about like all these '80s things are are new again. So Top Gun is new again. Red Dawn is new again. War Games is new again. It's like it's all coming back around now. Seth Harp, maybe Seth, when you get back or at some point you can join us and we can all buy you a drink. But un- until then, let me ask you something. I've, I've asked uh, folks before. What do you miss about home right now? What what's something you really miss about home? Uh, good healthy food. <laughs> vegan food. I don't eat meat, but like here I have no choice. I, I do eat meat when I'm traveling. It's just not an option. Yeah. That's what's number a, one. <laughs> what's uh what's your drink of choice when you get home? I don't know if you do drink or, or you don't drink, whatever your cocktail alcoholic or otherwise will be when you get back home. What's your drink of choice? Not to drink much, but I love beer. I love the taste of beer. I've heard that Ukrainians have the best beer in the world. Supposedly, the Kremlin used to airlift a batch of uh, a Pilsner from Lviv every single day during the height of the Russian Empire or the Soviet Union. Um, however, there was a ban on alcohol when I was traveling through. It's since been lifted, so I haven't had the chance, unfortunately, to sample it. But I'll take you up if you have a nice like Belgian Pilsner to offer. 
Um, when you, when you're over there, you know you got to find little escapes. Is there any uh, music you're listening to, uh, or is there music you listen to consistently when you go to a, a combat zone? Do you have like a, a a playlist or a go to when you're when you're in a place like you are now? Um, you know, I actually like collect. I like to collect music from places I go to. So I end up with a lot of like uh, like Latin music and like um, Arab music or Arabic music. I should say North African music, Indian music, stuff I've just picked up in random places. Thanks for reminding me of that. I'm going to, I should go to like a music store. Unfortunately, everything is closed, but I'll see what I can do to find some like traditional Ukrainian music. Yeah, for sure. I think it's been, uh, it's something we've been covering on the show and and trying to elevate. Um, and, uh, and it's been interesting to see how many Ukrainian artists are on the front lines. I mean, they even mentioned it during the Grammys, right? Said that most of oh, our yeah. artists aren't making the music because they've got body armor and, and weapons on right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just actually, I just talked to a group of young, like rappers, like uh, SoundCloud rappers, Instagram rappers who are now like in the territorial, uh, defense. I'm kind of, it was just yesterday. I'm kind of planning to do a little story on that, but, um, yeah, everyone from all walks of life has 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 signed up or been conscripted. Signed up, I think, for the most part. I'm talking about men here, of course. So a lot of women have volunteered too, but they're not subject to conscription. And a lot of them are are you know like what some of them are like rappers, musicians, and that kind of thing, artists, like you said. There's a safe house over here for territorial defense that used to be an art gallery. It's a really cool scene because there's like art on the walls. People are sleeping on the floors. So, I mean, it's a society totally mobilized for war. What do you, um, is there anything that you have read or uh, watched that prepared you for hard times like this? I mean, hard times for folks are sometimes relative, but you've you keep taking on hard missions. Is there anything that that's been really uh, formative for you that you read or saw when you were growing up, or maybe when you were in journalism school that you recommend to somebody else who's you know maybe ten years behind you and wants to follow in your shoes? A writer, a journalist that I got turned on to in journalism school, Svetlana Alexievich, the only um, journalist ever to win the Nobel Prize. And, um, you know, it fits into this context because she's Russian, uh, has done a lot of really excellent uh, books on uh, World War II uh, and the veterans of World War II, also the, the Afghanistan war. And her, um, she has like this kind of quiet humility that she brings to her work and humanity and ability to observe uh, this. Like, I can't really explain it. You're going to have to read it for yourself. I would recommend the unwomanly face of war by Svetlana Alexievich. Also boys and zinc by the same author. Um, if, you know, if you aspire to be a journalist, if you aspire to be a war reporter, um, I would recommend her, uh, as a way of, uh, <laughs> teaching yourself how the same kind of drama that you can find in like, you know, like cool special operations dudes, like kicking down doors, that same kind of drama can be found in the lives of everyday people that are, that are affected by war. So mm. she's made a big influence on me. I have one of her books over here right now that I'm reading called uh, last witnesses about the children of world war II. So she, um, you know, as that generation was passing away, she went and interviewed people who had been children during world war II about their, you know, experiences, what was it like to be four years old, you know, when, the, when the Germans started bombing, um, you know, Stalingrad or, or whatever. So, I mean, she's second to none. Um, you know, one of my journalistic heroes, absolutely. Always try to keep her perspective in mind. Thank you for that, man. You're, uh, you're the work you're doing is heroic and you're a real inspiration and a role model, uh, not just for veterans, but for a lot of folks who are interested in journalism and, and truth telling. So thanks for sticking around, man. I hope you 
when you get back, I can buy you a beer, many beers, and uh, and and the best vegan food we can find. <laughs> all right, that sounds like a deal. Thanks Thank so you, much brother. for having me. Thanks really to all our Patreon members. If you like this conversation with Seth, spread the word, share it far and wide, and be sure to follow him on social media and everything he writes for Harper's and anybody else. Stay vigilant, friends. There you have it, folks. A couple of real helpers, true leaders who are stepping up as times continue to get more and more complicated. But no matter how complicated they get, no matter how tough they get, no matter how sad they get, no matter how dangerous they get, there's always a time to look for the helpers. Always look for the helpers. There will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. Because if you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. The helpers are always out there. So look for the hashtag, look for the helpers, and follow us everywhere on social media. Go to independentamericans.us and be sure to subscribe wherever you got this podcast. Thanks to all our guests in this show and everyone who's joined us over these last couple of months of intense coverage of the Ukraine war. And thanks to the Righteous Media team, of course, creative Chris Rosenthal, brilliant Bill Schultz, precise Paula Hernandez, to my wife Lori and my two boys who have enjoyed spring break to the fullest and continue to support this work. Keep sharing the hope, folks, because hope is the oxygen of democracy, and we need it, especially in times like this. All across America and all across Ukraine, all around the world, we are all in this together. From every one of the guests you heard from in this episode, to all our allies and friends fighting hard inside Ukraine, to the Easter Bunny, to you. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thank you for continuing to listen, and thank you for spreading the word. I'll be back with more conversations soon. Down with Putin. Slava Ukraini. Stay vigilant, America. Powered by Righteous Media.